Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of a rainbow. Styles of music like jazz, R&B, soul, funk, have all been inseparable elements in the fabric of hip-hop production since its inception. One particular form of music that has not played nearly as much of a significant role, though, is rock music. Now, not to lie and say it's never been incorporated in hip-hop before, but it definitely has not been incorporated to the same degree. And on top of that, on just a personal level, I have always found that guitar is one of the absolute hardest kinds of sounds to be pulled into a rap beat. As I often find, it sounds overly cheesy and falls flat 9 times out of 10. Even when used by some of the best producers to ever live that I will not name drop at this moment. That brings us to the subject of today's episode, Ritual, an album by Topeka, Kansas rapper Stickfiga and producer The Expert based in Dublin, Ireland whose production features a healthy dose of psychedelic fuzzy rock samples that are executed brilliantly, where he puts those sounds into a blender with traditional golden age sounds and jazz sounds that rap purists will surely appreciate. And that's not all that makes Ritual notable, because when it was initially created, it was being positioned as potentially the last album that MC Stickfigure would ever create. So to learn more about Ritual, Stickfigure, and The Expert, join this show to dive deep into how this album was made as the next installment of the Album Alchemy series. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Stick Figure and the Expert. How are you guys doing today? Hey, man. Well, doing well. That's dope. That's dope. You two are the creators of this dope new album, Ritual, which drops on Rucksack Records June 16th. And before we really get into this dope project and how you guys tackle it and all that good stuff, we have a bit of a RMPP first going on here and the fact that you guys literally have not met before. And that's something when I was told prior to this recording, I was like, okay, I mean, you've called, you FaceTime. I know, I know the experts in Dublin. I'm not that surprised you haven't physically been together, but you're like, nah, we have only called, texted. So this is crazy to me because the the record, you guys just sound have such a good chemistry. It seemed like you were in the studio physically doing this. So let's start with this. Like, how were you first introduced to each other's music? Oh man. Okay. I feel like expert got to tell that because we, I did a song. He's we're gonna we're gonna make the story make sense because I feel like I did a song with the expert in two thousand and like twelve, but the song ended up being another song for Germicide later on uh black tears i think it ended up being 
So that yeah. had to be like 2013. But like I had a whole song, I think. But that my part of the song ended up being part of Germicide song. Yeah. And I don't remember when that record was released. But I feel like that goes Last back year. to that long ago. Is that right? Just yeah. It just got <laughs> Is this on the overview effect? Yeah, oh, that shit, that track. Okay, yeah, dope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that goes back a long way. Like that record goes back to twenty something. And an expert reminded me that we have been chatting since twenty thirteen mm. about working. I yeah. mean, we've talked. I feel like we've talked in between that though, via social media, just out of okay. mutual admiration, you know, for yeah. for what we do. But and then. We got reintroduced because of Hoslo. Oh, Hoslo was working on a record. Me and Hoslo became friends probably in like the last three, four years. And you guys were working on a record. Yeah. I wasn't even planning on making any more records. We're getting that later. But and he hit me and was, I don't know if Hoslo and you guys stopped working on that record. Yeah. But then it would turn into, yeah, you want to make a, you want, you want to make a record? It is. And then Hazel was like, yeah, you should do it. Like we, we chopped, we chop it up and war and war now. But uh, yeah, he was like, you should do it. You should do the record. And that's how this one came to be. But 2013, that's at least a decade that yeah. me, and, me and this gentleman have been going back and forth. Damn. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So I suppose back in like 2012 i think it was i was trying to get a producer kind of album together and it was actually really the genesis of the overview effect i was selling it as what's going on meets edan beauty and the bee mm-hmm. and i had maybe kind of curly castro has low zilla rocka um, I think I even approached Def C at that time, back then, a decade ago. Yeah, wow. Stick and Germicide. And so I had bits and bobs, but people were busy, weren't getting back to me. And then maybe the, the concept of the record wasn't coming together. And I was like, okay, now this is kind of turned into a bunch of tracks. So I'm not really sure what to do with this. And then anyway, true that that time I would have kept on building and doing tracks with kind of the wrecking crew posse. And then Haslow and me started working on a record. And I think we might've recorded like five tracks and then it just kind of petered out because, um, Haslow just kind of stopped making music for a few years and he's, mm-hmm. he's resurfed surfaced again. But, uh, during that time, uh, when he finally said, look, uh, I'm, I'm holding it up for a while he um told me that he had a song written with he got vocals back with stick figure and i was like oh no way i'd lo- i'd love to hear those vocals and he's so and i think that's when i hit up stick and he sent me the vocals and i was like oh i got i gotta use this we, we gotta um build on this and that was actually really the first song for this record which was zambezi zinger and that's really i think when we we kicked off stick yeah 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 for sure. It's and, kind of been a wild ride to this particular record. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Ten years in the making, bro. That's kind of wild. Cause like, yeah, because that would have been when I had just put out 
City Under the City around that time. I think that's around that time. Me and LaRange uh, were either in the process of making that or it gets released that same year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a minute. And just to say, like, I absolutely, I suppose the reason we got in contact is because I am a massive stick figure fan. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to 2012. It's not like the last few records. Like, I, I was would have loved the releases with D Will back when you know Conductor was D Will and mm-hmm. all those records. Um, and then of course, um, just just his catalog is so deep. He's got so many dope records, and yeah. So I, I I've kind of been hounding him for for many years mm. to do a record, really, and he finally got it over the line. Yeah, humbled man, humbled to yeah. hear. Him. Yeah. Put your feet in the shoes of the other man Instead of trying to back dorm just to get the upper hand you know what? Run your waist, pop fly, but never land Pocket watch and don't add value except on the other hand you know what? Take some time to invest in yourself Collect interest, know you great and stop neglecting yourself you know what? Beyond a check, a trophy set on the shelf Self-fulfillment remains the greatest metric of wealth you know what? Put your feet in the shoes of the other man Instead of trying to back dorm just to get the upper hand And uh... and like with this kind of collaborative relationship in mind that's pretty unique like how did you guys end up working together to make something so seamless given these circumstances like was this a lot of a lot of just truly just text messages trying to like align on the vision for it and then it was just sending beats across the pond uh i I would say i would say Expert is really good at knowing exactly what he wants, which is great for me because like I don't mind being produced as far as like as a as a rapper. I know a lot of rappers come into something like, well, it has to be X or Y or Z before. But I don't mind letting a producer provide direction in what they're looking for. So a lot of it was expert sending me joints, me writing to them sending sending different performances or even if he had like a specific rhyme in mind like he may have heard a rhyme of mine and was like something in in that line of style would be dope on this so i can tap into that and it gives me like direction so i think letting the producer produce the record is a big part of why the record sounds so good as far as like it's it's theme it's pace it's uh and it's just overall sound i think expert deserves a lot of the credit for that because he was very he's very uh specific and knows exactly what he's looking for so i give him credit for that happening because when it's me if it's just me man i'm just gonna rap about rapping Mm -hmm. it's like my favorite thing to do that's like my (laughs) that's like my that is my like uh your bass on setting yeah Yeah. rap about how a better rapper and how I'll smash your mom, you know. <laughs> so that's why I need producers. <laughs> so like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. It well, has to be about I, something. What'd you I, I got a tank stick because I've this has been attempted on other occasions with other artists, and it hasn't worked out for me. Like there, there's, I think since overview effects, maybe some of the people on the periphery or who I haven't worked with that have been now become more open to the idea but 
I think until they maybe saw the full vision or a version of the full vision, they were a bit skeptical and just like, man, this is good enough or this will do. Whereas mm. I think the art of the album sometimes gets lost in just creating tracks. Whereas I'm very much, uh, thoughtful of, of what will it feel like and sound like pretty much on a record. If I'm being even more specific, like how side A ends and how side B starts and side A, B ends. No, that it's attention to detail like, is clear. Yeah. It's like um, Zambezi Zing, like, uh, is that the one where it's like, it actually slows all the way down kind of before, that's how side mm-hmm. one ends, as if the record's almost stopping and then we're back in on the next side with Lonely Planet. So like, it's all, yeah, it's, I'm, I would say I'm quite a detailed producer and that's probably tells in the, in the music itself. It really is there. I You can see it in just in the way that, transitions are handled i find like it's just really really deliberate and like i find especially and we'll get into it later about the, the the features i find every different person whether it's stick or some other feature coming in like they're like introduced it's like a they're like mm. beats slight slightly like molds to them i noticed that a few times on like i think when blue comes in and then yeah. when the sleep sinatra comes in both of those are exceptionally good with there i'm like damn like they're really given like they're like coming on the stage on Broadway, like well, getting their little moment in the sunshine. It's it's pretty maybe, dope. Maybe we should talk about it, but just to say, like that's that sleep uh, Sinatra verse was probably the most worked on piece of music on the whole record because I think Stick would know. We I had thirteen different beats for for that section. Yeah, he, he recorded to one beat, and it, for some reason the boat was taught. It just didn't quite it the song kind of lost something in the second half. And uh, I think I did like 13 different versions for yeah. his section. And I think in the end, I think I sent you uh, maybe three of them and you, and you were like, oh, this is the one, this is the one. Yeah. yeah so It happens a few times on a record. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's another record. Uh, which is, what did we name it? The planet, Lonely Planet. I mm. think I rapped to something different. I was over a different beat. Yeah. Yeah, like I rapped to something different and then expert was like, I got these other joints that I think fit better in this part of the record. So yeah. then we went through joints that that we wanted to to fit in that particular space. So again, man, like I said, I just I've I've always been in um in a space with producers like mm-hmm. who actually are detail oriented. I don't think I've ever worked with a producer who didn't care a lot like you'll be like whether Mm. it's odyssey he's super like he was probably the first person to feel like that's the first person i worked with where i was like being produced where it was like this song is about this it needs to have this mood and it needs to have this kind of motion to it and this feeling to it and then just kind of trusting that and then conductor williams as well um where it's more with with conductor it's more of like a energy thing because we were in person a lot and we like actually friends. So it would be like, I mean, we're friends too, seeing, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, we have each other, but I'm saying it's like, the first time we meet, we go back, we, back, you know, like to the, the early 2000s. So, yeah. but like conductor's whole thing is always like, how does it feel? Do you, how you feel about that? Mm-hmm. And then when, and, it, and I'm not a producer. I've tried before. Like my beats are terrible. 
<laughs> there's like a certain <laughs> there's a certain energy that producers have around details yeah. and emotion. Mm-hmm. I think with music, where even if they can't communicate it to you with like plain language, they know it should feel a certain way. So I just always have been I've up up until this point I've been kind of led to just trust a producer's talent and ability to communicate certain emotion. So with with expert is the same thing where it was like I was like ah oh, so you want a different beat for this why and then he would say mm-hmm. <laughs> he would explain it. No, yeah, well, all right, that makes sense, you know? Yeah, that because makes a perfect example is actually Lonely Planet because it was on a much kind of uh, more chilled beat, I think. Yeah. And when we decided it was going to be the first song on side B, I was like, we have to you start to with banging drums. Yeah. We just absolutely have to start up. banging drums. And that's when the change happened. Yeah. Yeah. And the Forgotten. I think I think we went through like maybe five different versions of the Forgotten. Yeah. I thought you were going to kill me. <laughs> nah, it was all good. I was like, the only thing that's funny about that that song in particular, only reason it's funny to me now is we picked the first one. <laughs> yeah, not, not all of the first one. one yeah. Not all of the first one, but like yeah. there was like three or four takes. Yeah, there was like just different energies we were going for, and uh, it did in the end, I think in the end it was a new beat. But it was the same first performance. But like, that was fun, man. Like, I was like, this dude really cares, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, I appreciate that. Like, caring about the end result is is what's where it's at. Because yeah. it be, I'd have been like, I don't know. I just don't see why this version isn't isn't. But when we got on the other side of it, I was like, oh, I see why. It makes sense. Know, that, that's maybe something Stick will talk about later. But there was something he kind of told me about halfway through the project that really changed how I produced the project. And uh, when I knew kind of that was going to be the last song on the album, I went, it needed a specific feeling and a specific way. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, I mean, let's get into that. That sounds very intriguing. What is the thing that you told the expert that changed his way he produced it halfway through? I told, I told him this is my last album. Wow. Yeah. I sincerely hope it's not, but it definitely changed how I produced the record. Yeah. I told him it was my last album. And then such a great guy, man. Just kind of like trying to encourage encourage me uh in a different direction. Uh while still respecting, you know, where I was coming from, uh, with that feeling. It's kind of it, it went from being my last album to maybe I need a hiatus. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he he did a job, guys. He talked me <laughs> off of the, Thank you. Thank you very he much. He talked me off of the Q word, you know. Yeah. He talked me off of that Q word. But um but yeah, yeah, that's what the forgotten is ultimately about as far as as a rhyme is concerned. That song is that song is about when I was really deep in that feeling, I was really like 80% pretty sure that i was like yeah it's the last one so this rhyme is the last this is the last rhyme like this is the last yeah. rhyme. this is the last you know because it's one of those things where i read a i read a uh even the title comes from 
I read an interview a long time ago. I think it was Conan O'Brien. Hmm. Super random, I know. But I was like in a doctor's office or something. And Conan O'Brien was talking to the interviewer and they were talking about the inevitability of being forgotten. And uh, he's like, does that scare you? Like, are you afraid of that? And he was like, nah. He's like, it's actually kind of freeing because I know that I'm not special. Like, eventually, at some point, if it takes 80 years, 100 years, however, we all get forgotten with the mm-hmm. exception of very few characters. Like, Jesus. Like, you got to do a lot. <laughs> you got to do a lot. <laughs> to beat those odds of being forgotten, even I mean, with the exception of your family, your kids and stuff. But yeah. I was just kind of in this space where I felt like I was feeling two things. Firstly, one day I did this exercise. A friend of mine told me, write down all your releases, everything you've ever put out. It must be 15, is it? <laughs> I know right. this. I've put out a record of some kind since 2009 and never missed a year. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, man. And then like two feelings happened. I was like, I did all of that and I'm still like super duper underrated. That was the first. (laughs) I was like, I don't think people really tap in like that, you know? And then uh, I started And then the third, the second feeling was, well, at least you uh, were productive, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. At least you were productive and you were you were committed uh, to this because I was already talking about it in a past tense. But now on the other side of it, I'm just more like I may just have gotten burnt out on business online style of marketing, feeling like a hamster wheel, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe just some time is what you need as opposed to putting a fine point on I don't yeah. do it no more. So and y'all can all thank expert for that. Like I said, it turned it went from it went from nah bro, I'm done. I'm cool to to all right, maybe just take take a break. So but yeah, yeah. Look, maybe maybe it won't come back, but I think it's there's mm-hmm. leaving the door open is always a good idea. Yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds pretty clear to me that you're not losing steam. You're at, you're you're at like you've been you've been rap, especially this record, Joyland, the two conductor, really the two last conductor projects in particular, and this one. I feel like I've and, and I really love that Pookie shit a lot. I love the yeah, that one was really good. Like I just feel like those last several projects you've dropped have been barely really good. So shout out to Sean P. Know, yeah, he's yeah, another guy who. Keeps talking me off the ledge too, because mm-hmm. yeah. Sean P. I want to say thank you to Sean P. Here because he recorded all the vocals for the record. Yes, so he, he, did a great job. he recorded all the vocals, and he was very generous with me in, in in getting that done. And it was it's wild because Pookie ends up getting like ends up kind of becoming part of the writing process for this one because like when I started writing. Or the other way around, sorry. When I started writing for the expert project, I asked I was getting into a good rhythm of writing, you know, thematic things and mm-hmm. coming up with a concept and me and Sean P discussing concepts. So yeah, they kinda work together and it's kinda cool they get to come out in the same year. Like, yeah. 
It's really, it's really dope. Yeah. So shout out Sean P. Yeah, shout out Sean P. So, so this question for the expert here specifically: When I first introduced, when I was first introduced to you, it was through the overview effect with germicide, and you mentioned it actually earlier. Like that comparison was made to Eden's Beauty and the Beat, and that always stuck with me because that was like the first thing I was like, "Damn, that's a very weighty comparison to make." But I thought it stuck because that style of production is along with really what Eden did on that record was like the best kind of example of like hip hop and psychedelic rock sampling yeah. really unique, really not tried by a lot of producers. Cause it's really hard to pull off and not be trash to be quite honest. And I think on this record, it's you've really taken that like kind of sound and it's never sounded better. So describe the kind of like, musical space you were trying to put stick in on ritual yeah so i think i just come off of the overview effect um which is very psychedelic i think and i i suppose was still in that zone a bit and i think the i first the first batch i sent stick um was quite similar in that vein but i as far as i remember he only picked like a couple of beats from the first set but then when I knew which ones he picked, it was actually more um, introspective. And even the words, the lyrics he came back with were introspective. And I thought maybe I know should lean into that. And I think that's where I suppose more the jazz element comes yeah. into it. And I just, those type of chords and the weightiness of the sound, I think really suited what he wanted to talk about. And like I said, when I knew this could be the final piece of the puzzle for him. I wanted to make sure the words, while the production is very detailed and there's a lot going on, I'd like to think for most of the verses and when he's spitting and doing his thing, it's actually giving him room and adding weight to the words, really, is what I think. But yeah, so the, just as well, so the jazz stuff and then um, just wanted to kind of, like, I'm such a fan of stick figure anyway, like, this dude can do any style, any flow, you know, can do stories. Can, like he's so versatile, which maybe in hindsight has been a problem for him because he's so versatile. He hasn't stuck to a simple lane. Mm. So I wanted to give him the opportunity to do all of those things, both with the same color palette or with the same sonics. So that instead of, you know, him doing halftime raps or sorry double time raps over halftime beats and stuff like that but that it was still psyche and jazzy rather than i suppose him over different type of drums and his next yeah. song on different albums maybe didn't link quite as as cleanly um no disrespect to there at all but you know what i mean i think just to give it all in the same world and i think in particular i suppose my version that is maybe president street that we do on this record which is like really heavy bass line and then the mm -hmm. kind of really i think the biggest psyche guitar piece on the record kicks in and then he kind of comes back in and it's just yeah i think it's a real stick figure song but in my world if that makes sense yeah i think that definitely does like i really like how where you place that too because i think that's i think that follows the deaf c track right service yep. both of those were like a kind of a little detour but it yep. still fit but they were like the more the more experimental, the more out there kind of feeling that I think uh, it fit really nicely. It kind of like brought you in the world. And then I think it ends with like 
I think sleep the sleep Sinatra track is follows that right and then the and then the yeah. closer of course that are like yeah I get bring you back a little more soulfulness a bit more jazz it, it was just a really well kind of sequenced project generally like it had a lot of great yeah. flow because I think if you do go crazy early sometimes you can lose people so I think the this front the album is kind of front loaded with kind of sucking you in type of songs and then i suppose we get a little weird after that <laughs> mm. that was the idea yeah the, the beats are just really in like a constant state of evolution that's mm. what i would say that it's just really handled beautifully because it uh it doesn't lose me it all seems to kind of like make yeah. sense like whether it's weaving in when like a new verse comes in or it just it really was handled very nicely like very apropos to like kind of the music you're you're kind of like pulling from mm-hmm. and and that's actually something i wanted to ask too is like see given the fact that you are from dublin you're from ireland like does your does your close proximity to an area of the world where psych rock and the golden age of that sound mm-hmm. like being in that area in europe like was that a did that does that play a significant role in in how you develop like the sound palette that you pull from um i think it probably does yeah without me even realizing as much um like uk music is huge here you know like guitar music um would be very big especially you know in the 90s and the 2000s when like kind of that whole brit pop scene i suppose went over to you guys and um, but while maybe oasis and blur i'm guessing made it big over there like there was thousands of bands over here that we would have all loved as well and stuff like that so it's definitely been a part of my life and i suppose i probably worked in tower records for six years when i was younger and i would have went through a to z pretty much of every genre when i worked there you know you just kind of go through them all and i'm um, like along with obviously hip-hop and uh kind of jazz and soul like just i wasn't that okay with kind of the deep 60s psych stuff and it was the one genre when i was going through all the stuff i was like holy shit this is so creative this is amazing um and just how it sounds i was really attracted to so like i had been making beats like that in like 04 05 and 06 a few things had bits and bobs but when i heard beauty and the beats i was like holy shit someone's downloaded my brain i was mm. like this is what i've had attempts at and done a few tracks like it but i was like shit i could do a whole record like this um and i think that was a big thing but um i think while that was maybe the overview effect i pushed into that a bit more like i think i have well um stick gave me credit earlier for the record i don't think he understands how much the words changed how I produce it. So like mm. perfect example would be cost of business, which was, I think the version I probably sent you was kind of like a four bar loop really. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when he sent it back and what it was about, that track out of all of them actually was the one I was like, holy shit, I could really create something special here. And I kind of think I remember I worked on the hook and I would have, I think I even tried run DMC, uh, like Nas, it's like that, you know, it's like that, you know, mm-hmm. I would have tried lots of different ones, like just the Snoop one sounded the best, of course. <laughs> and then so I was able to have a, a kind of built in hook because I thought we actually had a double hook in the way stick delivered it. So it's kind of two hooks and then kind of like the idea of what the song was about, it allowed for like 
I suppose the buildup of the tension and then the aftermath of like, I suppose in my brain, a funeral is what it was. And that's when I suppose I got um, an Irish pianist and composer, uh, Daniel so, Luke, to kind of do that. Um, Rob Peter, pay Paul Bear kind of piano solo for like mm -hmm. two minutes, which, you know, if I brought that to some rappers, then they'd be like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I kind of knew Stick, like, I, I tr trusted Stick would be into it. And I, I, that's good that I knew he might trust me. So I really thought it told the story in like a beautiful way. And then we were able to kind of go into the most rapidly rap song after that. Uh, yeah. so, you know, to those people. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the piano part is like, it's still one of my favorite moments on the yeah, first record. Is like the way that that, the energy of it, and then like the arrangement at, in the final. Uh, like the strings. The, the strings yeah. and the, the drums kind of getting louder. And the whole, like really, really, really great moment. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, one probably doesn't sound like it, I suppose, when you're talking about where I'm from. Like mm -hmm. that's. I suppose there the sample that that is is like such a you know five euro five dollar record mm -hmm. over here you know it's a real like throwaway kind wow. of crappy record from the 60s mm -hmm. but then I was, you know the kind of outro and the 808s is the heavy drums and the reverse drums is actually kind of like dj quick inspired and then the strings i suppose is like i used to work um uh for a my, my job for another few years after terror records was to be um, a distributor for you so i used to buy in and sell jazz and classical music to all the shops in ireland mm. so like i used to listen to jazz and classical all day so that's maybe where that bit comes in and then the piano piece after that as well so yeah it's um it's a mishmash of styles for sure but the drums got a bang <laughs> mm -hmm. they got it and mm -hmm. they do yeah, they do and they do yeah when they do I get it in blood, 50s and dubs, killing this shit and it fit like a glove. Don't ask for permission, we ask for forgiveness and bury the witness in front of the judge. Get it in blood, 50s and dubs, killing this shit and it fit like a glove. Don't ask for permission, we ask for forgiveness and bury the witness in front of the judge. President streets, legends with meat, innocent present, try letting it be. The weapons they heat, letting it squeeze. Practice discretion unless we agree. Message in need, connection is deep for these adolescents, successes and re. So many stresses, we left them and see. It all seemed regresses, the rest of us bleed. The the musical yeah. diversity on this album is really something else just in general. And so stick as a lyricist, could you describe what what drew you into rapping over this kind of production versus maybe something a bit more conventional? Uh I just always want to do something else, man. Like it's just like kind of my personality. Like I'm just kind of a obstinate kind of guy. Like I could just rap over, you know, jazz loops forever. And I could just rap over trap stuff. Like, I mean, you guys are giving me credit for versatility. I think a lot of that comes from the time. Well, my location and in coming into hip hop, you know, being from a place like Topeka, Kansas, Kansas City area where we don't have I mean, we have influences, but we don't have like a big artist other than Tech Nine who also just kind of forged his own way. 
so there's kind of like just the inclination in me to to just kind of rebel and do something else like do something that doesn't sound ordinary and it's just more interesting for me i mean it's just it's just a lot more fun to i'm just gonna hop in there because i suppose although we've never talked about it i kind of knew that because of where a stick was from that i suppose my experience of growing up in hip-hop like you guys have no idea how much of an outsider i would have been in my like town because of what i liked so you know mm-hmm. even hearing hip-hop over here in the area in the 90s or 2000s was like so difficult you know so like that's why i knew like a lot of the people stick probably works for other people you know the west coast or east coast or downstairs whereas like you know i was buying an alcoholics record an album by the click or and then the album by mm-hmm. you know nas all in one weekend and it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, this is like, this is just all dope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah same so experience. Yeah. yeah, so like I, I would have kind of fed off Everton. And I suppose I I didn't feel attached to a location per se. And I kind of have a feeling Stick felt the same. Yeah, like that's that's a lot of it. And I mean, in, in addition to just liking, just loving music, man, like um, my mom's really big on blues. My dad's really big on funk. My sister, my older sister, she's probably the person who put me on to hip hop in the first place. Like, and then my cousins put me on to the the uh, the underground hip hop, the Three Six Mafias, and the uh, you know Scarfaces, and kind of gave me these these understandings of like socially what made something cool versus mm-hmm. uh, something that's not as cool or corny, like being a kid and being like, I like Hammer or Crisscross. I like, don't like that no more. Like your older cousins. <laughs> your older cousins is like, jump don't. beat still bangs, man. <laughs> jump still does. It does. But at that at that impressionable age, when my, uh, like I said, my, my cool cousins, they're like, no, 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 it was Scarface. Listen to Rock Him. Listen to, you know what I'm saying? Like, listen to this. Listen to this. It'll make you cool. You know? Okay. Uh, so I think, I just think I had such a gumbo of of music that I liked and and the local music that I was attracted to that's a part of me as well that never got accepted outside of local outside of the local market mm-hmm. that would that that I like love and know religiously is like Mandarin to anyone else's ears. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of just already accepted that whatever I do, it's probably going to be left of center, even when I'm trying to be regular. So yeah. I might as well just go all the way in and just do exactly what I want, you know. And as far as I knew that working, like when it came to record, like if you listen to, to some of those records he's made over the years, especially some of the conductor stuff and how as far as out there it is, mm-hmm. I knew a song like President Street or Service, you know, that oh, stick See, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Joyland has a, a couple joints that are fucking well, the whole album's nutty, but there's a couple joints that remind me of that. And I'll just like, yeah, completely. Whereas, uh, some rappers yeah. just wouldn't take that stuff on, you know, they wouldn't be able to do mm-hmm. it, let alone want to. Like, that's the thing. Also, I'm wondering, Stick, is like, how much of a challenge was it for you to rap over these kind of like very dynamic, shifting type productions versus like something else, like a very simple loop? Not much of that question. going on here. That's a good question. Um, 
it's challenging. Like there's some that's more challenging than others, right? Like I think it might it may surprise people, but uh Green Monster is probably the most challenging rhyme yeah. for me to write because I was trying to find and shout out to Solemn, because like killed it. He killed it. I gotta give it. He killed me on there. But like I'm really <laughs> proud of my verse because it was like there was a there was a there was a rhythm to it that I was trying to catch, you know? And I was like digging into my different cadence bag. And every time I wrote it, I didn't like it funny enough. And then like, I would, I would like, the way I write, I don't know, going into the process, like I get in my car, I play beats and I just drive around and I freestyle to myself and mutter just like consonants and just sounds and mm. things before there's any words there. And then I start putting words in that place of whatever the, the cadence I've come up with it. Mm-hmm. But with that green monster joy, I just couldn't find one. I was like, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And it, but the beat was so hard that I was like, I have to rap on this. Like, I cannot let this one get past me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't let this one whoop me. So, so yeah, there's definitely like moments of challenges, like, um, but then strangely enough, songs like the one with Def C came mm. to me really easy. Like, interesting. Yeah, it's, there's yeah. so it's just it's just a matter of like what I can lock into and what what kind of a vibe I can catch with the production. You know, um, President Streets that that came easy to me. Like, that's like up my alley. But sometimes like but um the all like that took me a little bit to come up with like how I wanted to rhyme like I knew what I wanted to rhyme about, but like just trying to find the right cadence and the right feeling sometimes takes me a little bit. So but I'm always up for a challenge. Like that's the thing, like that comes with it. Like Pusha T is one of my favorite rappers. So like I hear a song like Numbers on the Board. I'm blown away by stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like what made him like you have access that to beat is crazy it's such a crazy mm-hmm. beat but then like from a rapper's perspective i'm like bro you have access to kanye west he could have easily just given you a a reminiscent soul sample yeah perfect mm-hmm. loop with the downbeat in the, the, the you went with this one you know what i mean it was just distorted bass and what sounds like a xylophone kind of just mm. skittering across and it still just sounds fire. So stuff like that just intrigues me. And it's, it's what I'm just generally going for. Like, I just like, a, I like a challenge like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and and so like outside of the aesthetics of the album, the aesthetics of your flow, there's a significant level of openness and introspection. And I think now talks having this conversation the whole thought of this potentially being your last album kind of already gives me more context in terms of like why you're talking about the things you are talking about on this album. But could you elaborate on the kind of themes and mm-hmm. like uh, in your and like messaging in your lyrics that you were mainly focused on exploring on this album? Yeah, I, I think the main the main thing that I was writing from is a place of like uh, conflict. Uh, the feeling of conflict. It's uh, like an example. It would be 
like on y'all's y'all's shorthand, I talk about my daughter and all of these like altruistic moral ideas. But then like on the second half of the eighth, I'm talking about I will send you to I'll kill you behind her. Mm-hmm. Those things are opposite of one another. Or uh, on the intro track, Black America, where it's like, it's like, all right, we're in this country. We want to be treated fairly. We rec- But we still recognize that this is the way this place operates as it relates to us and class and all these other things. Mm-hmm. So like that, that was the main talk of cost of business is like, you know, the streets have its rules and its its uh rules of engagement. Uh but what comes with it is usually death, isolation from family, you know what I mean, prison time. Um, but but it's something you love. These are things you're intimate with, you know, people like uh cost of business was like that whole list of things from my own environment where it's like like these are things I love that I know could land you in prison or get you killed. So it was just like the main the main thing was just like conflict, like uh, things that bump mm-hmm. up against one another that are not easily reconciled. And uh, I think that uh, I think that came across pretty well. Yeah, no, I like that. That it definitely added a nice uh, complexity and like a bit and like something for me to chew on lyric like as a listener yeah it wasn't as straightforward but not really being in the sense of like it's all very abstract because i don't mean it like that it's it's not like you're it's not you're being pretty literal when you're saying things but it is still just like making me think is the point and it's yeah it's it's interesting that was the i think that was the main goal of the writing was just like there's always a duality to things and most things don't get tied up in night nice neat little bows like in movies you know where you watch a film and you know there's the protagonist and then there's the conflict and then there's the resolution and then everyone's happy with the way that it ends but sometimes it's not like that so it was the same thing with this with the writing for this record and and the perspective that i was kind of writing from was yeah how do you how do you just tie up life well it's a messy, it's a messy <laughs> thing. That's a bar. Yes, can't just can't. So I don't. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. I write, I'm like I can't. So I don't. You know, I don't. I don't just make it nice and neat for myself. So the listener definitely is gone. <laughs> Have to come away with their own uh, messages. I mean, you're, you're my, you said something about a TV, and it's, I'm reminded because I actually later uh much later than most because i was just really busy over the past month i finally finished succession i don't know if any of you guys mm, watch yeah. that just yeah I love and i finished yeah. the finale like two days ago and that's without yeah. spoiling it obviously it's not a spoiler just being like i thought it was great but i really was a kind of a consistent theme with that show and particularly the finale is that how committed they were to just sticking to what was real versus making like I want to satisfy the classic yeah. American TV tropes mm-hmm. where it's like, uh, like I was seeing some reaction, uh, some kind of like uh, analysis after of the show on some podcasts. And they were talking about how like most uh, finales, and I've seen this many times where it's like, even the little secondary characters, they always get their final little moment. They're like, mm-hmm. they're a little soliloquy to be like, okay, cool. We can say goodbye to Jerry. We could say like, no, <laughs> 
you see right. Jerry across a, uh, you see her once in one scene and that's it. Like it's mm-hmm. just, and it's, and the way it ends, it's just like, it was so fitting. It was so mm. kind of not neat and tidy. Like it could have went on for another five seasons, but like, no, this is how I, it was supposed to end. And this is I what our vision was. Tell it wasn't an, not an American who wrote it, to be honest. Oh yeah. The, the British aspect of it is uh, yeah. Cause the comedy. I, I think- yeah the americans do tie it up in a bow they're kind of forced if it seems like whereas yeah the the british mm. don't like to do that i'm, I'm yeah. surprised they gave yeah. four seasons they normally do less <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's you know what i used to love luther the show luther yeah i believe it's a british yeah it's a british show yeah. and i'm like where's the rest of it <laughs> in the states we'll do we'll run something in the ground we yeah got, we got yeah. how many seasons of law and order <laughs> oh on order just never ends bro yeah. like so yeah. i was getting into luther and i was like i know not many of the shows know when to call it quits yeah yeah but it's it's important to know that like um i don't know you at least Barry? the wire did it like from a different viewpoint which i think totally worked yeah um, yeah some of the others they they should have shut up shop a little bit earlier yeah man it's a good show. Luther is a good show. I was just like, yeah. I'm gonna be a lot more. It was like, nah, they were done. Mm-hmm. They're done. I think they did like a movie. They did like a feature yeah, was... like way later. Yeah. They didn't have to do that. And then I was like, oh, I see why they <laughs> I see why. Okay. You just ran out of ideas. You just ran out of ideas. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. But yeah, so... yeah. That's the thing of that's the theme of the record, is just that you know, life ain't neat, neat and tidy. There's lots of conflict. There's lots of unresolved things uh, in life, and and it it be like that ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, for each one of those records. And so you guys got some very dope features from like some very uh, kind of respected OG heavyweights, as well as some people that are um, a little younger and also heavyweights, killing it. You got Blue, Def C, Tanya Morgan, Solomon Brigham. Sleep Sinatra, they 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 really they all kill it. Every single feature you guys had here, I'm reminded of like, I think like one bar that I got from that Def C feature. He said, okay, I wrote it down. He said like the uh, when their bank accounts. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. He said when their bank accounts, the upper half of chip bags. Yeah, that is. <laughs> oh, God, that guy is a menace. You got yeah, you guys got some crazy collabs. So just talk to me about like the thinking behind including these particular ca- uh, guests in your cast on this album. Expert got good taste. <laughs> so expert, you were the one that were mainly selecting and reaching out. Well, I suppose I put a bit of a wish list together and I tried to see who stick could corral into the show. I suppose and um, pretty much got nearly everyone. I th- I think there was. I think there was only a couple other people we talked about who we didn't get on the right. Ra- not that we didn't get, but didn't, nothing happened. But there was a, like a couple other names and mm-hmm. um, thrown around. Um, and one of them I'd still love to work with, which is YU um, from Diamond District. I absolutely yeah. love his voice. Um, and look, just he's a brilliant rapper. But uh, yeah. no, I think I think we both had actually a similar enough list when we actually put it together. But I think... The one we probably, the song we probably struggled about, who should we pick or who should we ask was the Green, Green Monster, as far as I remember. And then 
I think I might have thrown out some. I was like, oh my God, Solomon Brigham would be amazing on this. And I couldn't, yeah. when we got him and we got that verse back, oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Oh, that boy, man. Yeah. But no, most, of it, most of it actually, it all coming together is all stick. Like, mm. yeah. I mean, I, 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 Tanya I, Morgan, I hooked up the Tanya Morgan one. Yeah. Tanya Morgan is, yeah, that's, that's yeah. big. Because, like, yeah, being from the Midwest, bro, like, Tanya Morgan is like, that's definitely like a template type mm-hmm. group. Like they're like little brother for me. I mean, little brother's little brother for me. But like Tanya Morgan was like one of my early introductions into like independent hip hop. And um, yeah, that's big. That's a dope record. I'm very appreciative to both of those guys for for being willing to do that record. It's like my favorite song. One of my favorite. I like the whole record, man. That's my favorite beat. But that beat, which one? Crazy. The Tanya Morgan track? Yeah. Um, yeah. The yeah, four man. beats, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A, that's the, that's just tough. And Von P, we say, uh, we got rappers in the A room. Right. You got rappers in the A room writing your songs, and they ain't leaving with publishing at all. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, yo, dude is, dude is the one, man. He said, they know how to fake friends. He said, they don't know how to do nothing, but they how to fake friends. Oh, yeah, and where the bodies is hit. You'll be next. Vaughn ain't getting his. Like, bro, he went super crazy, man. Shout out to Tanya Morgan, man. Great. Yeah, man. great. Love those guys. Was, was it reaffirming, in a way, to be able to enlist such such great artists on your album, all on the same one? Absolutely. So amazing, so validating. Like, I'll flat out say, like, I couldn't believe we got blue. <laughs> like, that I was, was, yeah, shout out yeah. to blue, man. Like, yeah. that actually was one of the easier ones to get done, which really surprised me. Like, me and blue yeah. have this very like uh 360 relationship because the first show I ever played in my entire life was opening for blue in Kansas City, and um, I th- I think me and Laurent tried to get a blue feature on City Under the City and couldn't. Mm-hmm. And because uh, they've worked together. So I was just like, man, it'd be so dope to work with blue. And then, yeah, I think we just reached out to him. And he fits that. He just said, so yes. Perfect. And I was like, what? Is that he? Really? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was waiting for the other shoe to fall on that. Like, uh, it would be like, nah, man, I'm super busy. I can't. But he's just like, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, okay. that was. I think it might have been the first one we got back. Yeah. Might have yeah. been the first one we got back. And he just killed it. And he, yeah, such a good verse. Yeah, such I, a love, I love the way the scene was set on the production, too, for his verse to come yeah. in. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. I just knew he'd fit that so perfect. Like, yeah. He, and he's got such a great voice. Like, so yeah. many good records behind him. Yeah, it's brilliant. Another one of my one of my top twenty five. Mm. If people are doing doing lists, but Blue mm. is like his number one. Blue to Heaven is one of the best. His number one. Yeah, straight up. Okay, straight up. Blue no, who is one? No, who's your number one? My number one rapper, like ever. Mm. It fluctuates, man. It's somewhere between Nas. Scarface, Common, somewhere, those people. Oh, you're a Common what? fan. Fuck, I, I fuck with that. I don't think Common gets enough love. 
I think Common's discography is so dope. Man, oh, like Water for Chocolate, B, and uh, fucking Resurrection. And then I also think Electric Circus is hella dope. It's hella really dope. like the one with the Dream or the Nas one. What's that? That whole record is great. Yeah. The one with Nas? Yeah, yeah, well, it's oh, it's oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know that was 2010. That was the no ID record, yeah, uh, that, that record's brilliant. Dreamer the Believer, yeah, Dreamer Believer, yeah, yo, that get, yeah, that track. Uh, that's, I have a particular, I don't really, I wouldn't say I like love the album or anything, but I have a particular connection with it just because that dropped in 2010. I was in grade 10, that was probably the peak of that was the first year I really started to listen to music like heavy, heavy. I always was liking mm. it, liking it, had an iPod. That one, that was the first common record I think I like listened to as a fan of hip hop and like listened to in full, like a real fan. Mm-hmm. And Ghetto Dreams, man, I love that song so yeah, much. And there's a song in that he's called Dirty Sweet. on that shit. Uh, Sweet, yeah, that's the that was yeah. like the track where he's dissing Drake. Yeah, that beat yeah. is so dope. Common is just consistently good. I was actually just talking to Anwar about this. I said Common, Common in a roundabout way is the reason I had confidence to pursue rap because he was he was from the Midwest. He was making East Coast style music, but he still like wore the Chicago mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. over him the whole time. And I was like, yo, that's I just connected with that in a way. The resurrection video well, I'm a little older than you guys, but the video for resurrection was like I don't know, man. It's hard to even put into words, but that video was just like, I was like, ah, oh, Rap City, seeing mm-hmm. this guy, spattering the guy, like the way he was rhyming, super dope with the abstract and the references. It was just, yeah, Common, man. Common underrated, bro. Well, Common's in my top like five. Mm. Wow. For That's sure. Other, like, so just talk to, give a, take a moment to talk about where people can find ritual as well as just anything else you guys are working on outside of this. Mm-hmm. What you got expert expert got all the information. I know it come out on uh, the 16th next okay. week. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be on vinyl, which I'm super excited about. And uh, you get it on Bandcamp. Is it going to be Bandcamp Friday? Oh, is that no, no i don't think it is they actually don't even they're not doing banquet friday till august yeah they took like the summer off thing. type thing for some reason Ugh, i don't like that okay well <laughs> i'll be needing that uh what else man i mean i'm not working on anything else like when i tell you i have no more raps to share like i have some stuff i did like just verses for for homies and stuff but the ritual is 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 it it, man like but uh i told i told expert man i think it's the most i don't think i'm overselling it by saying this but i think it's the most stick figure record like the most definitive the most it's it's definitely one of those that in the future if people were like i want to get into stick figure how do i do it i think the ritual is yeah answer that question going forward like i think previously it was city under the city but uh this one expert did it man you gotta give credit where it's due he did it 
And I suppose I would have said to Germicide, it's the same stick figure. I'm my yeah. job, I, I suppose I see, is to make the definitive body body of work for the rapper that I'm working with. And I'm it's not up for me to choose, but I yeah. absolutely love this record. I love it. Um and super proud of it. And uh yeah, and what else, I you, got what else, what else you got coming, man? Break I that just finish mixing the next one. Is it like with a rapper or is it a producer? Yeah, it's yeah. with a rapper. So yeah. it's, it's kind of I don't know. I, I don't think I should, but it's, it's, it, I suppose, more of an open comer than kind of an established rapper. But I had a ball doing it. And I suppose it's another kind of psych opus, I think. And oh man, I fuck with a heavy. It's really dope. Do you, do you think of, I would know the rapper? Um, I'd say you, you, you might have heard his name and no bits and bobs, but I, I, I have a feeling you may not be that deep into his catalog. Okay. And I mm. love him. I absolutely love his record. I was here probably a couple of years ago, right where I am now, and I checked out one of his records, and I was pissing myself laughing at how funny this dude was, and just mm. how clever he was. And mm. funny, funny, the funny parts making me think funny. And, okay. and my missus came in and she was just like, I haven't heard you like laugh or listen to music what? like this in a long time. And I was like, I gotta contact this dude. This dude's incredible. So um yeah, I think and up and I think if people don't know him, I think after this record, I hope they start to pay attention because he's incredible. And that record also has some crazy features on it. So super excited. I am I, that's so hopefully intriguing me. The funny yeah. part is like, what are you who are you talking about? Right, that's hopefully. what I'm doing too. I'm like, oh okay. Good. Look, hopefully we're here talking again early next yeah. year, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm excited for that and I'm just excited for people to hear this record. I think yeah, it's definitely too, one of the it's all most about Rachel now. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Most one of the most unique records Good anybody morning. will hear this year. And I think I was saying this to you, expert, prior to us recording, like I feel that this one can really appeal to different kinds of rap fans. Yeah. Because it's got the kind of traditional golden age stylings at times that people who like really are in that space can love. And then it's got more kind of modern experimental flavors that a lot of people are fucking with a lot these days too. And then the bars mm. are always there for people who just like need good rhymes. So it's like, I really just think this is, a really versatile record and it'll appeal to a shit ton of people and yeah great work everybody check this out june 16th drop Thank in you. rucksack records appreciate you guys lending time to come Not on the, the show rucksack. and talk about it. this is fun and shout out to danny from rucksack yes for yes. believing in this record indeed because i was like yeah the vinyl piece is just so special man like i'm just really excited to have like i know physical is it's not as popular as it once yeah. was, but like being able to hold it and it's beautiful, like it's really beautiful. Yeah, shout out Gavin on the artwork, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Album of the year, I ain't heard everybody's records, but it's album <laughs> of the year. I know we up against some stiff competition, but I'm calling it album of the year. You guys speak things into some woods. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Austin Woods. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know who else dropped the Griselda uh has been real quiet, man. What's that about? They got the the knack one I really like. SC Knacks dropped recently, mm-hmm. last oh, month. Yeah. 
I'm gonna keep it cool because you're gonna post this somewhere. I ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> I'll say nothing. But yeah, okay, yeah. He did drop. He did drop. Album of the year. Album of the year. Rich. Like I have to say, I think the AJ Swade is killing it this year. AJ Swade is hard. Oh Calvary. god, Parthian shots. Crazy. Crazy. And the for the Indica one it the He's, yeah, Indica music was this year too. Yeah, that oh. was January. Yeah, yeah. And sleep, sleep is dropping with uh, yeah, Televangelist. Yeah, that's so, like later this year. I'm mean, later this month. Yeah, later this month. So make sure y'all check that out. The Midwest yeah. and uh, um, Death Prez record was great. Mm-hmm. Death Prez, um, yeah, Death Prez is hard. I know the shrap. I don't Get know if the shrapnel coming out this year, but that shrapnel record is going to be crazy. All right. Well, thank you so much for the time. This was awesome. Uh, Thank you guys you. have a good rest of the yeah, day. Thank you. And thanks for all the great work you do being such a spokesperson for adult underground music. For sure. Appreciate anytime. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. Peace. Right. Y'all be cool like y'all be cool. Light her off. Same to them. Peace. After. Peace. <laughs> Compare your last respects to the kid from the wrong street. Country boy by the creek that used to watch the frogs leap. Even dreamed of palm trees. Ocean waves with strong breeze. In the white stand, serene with a blonde weave. And we all want peace. I never got it perfect. Just enjoy the journey. Don't forget the purpose. We all got dreams. We purchased from different merchants. It's never about me. I'm glad I could be your service. We all want peace. I never got it perfect. Just enjoy the journey. And don't forget the purpose. We all got dreams. We purchased from different merchants. It's never about me. I'm glad I could be your service. So there we have it, another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at QLCTV dot podcast at gmail.com you can also rate and review the show on apple podcasts and subscribe on youtube and spotify as well but that's enough self-promotion for this episode i hope you enjoyed it peace <laughs>